Welcome to another episode of Pediatrics in Practice with Children's Mercy Kansas City. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wildner, Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. My guest today is Dr. Jennifer Flint, Clinical Associate Professor of Pediatrics, University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine, and Medical Director, Pediatric Critical Care Transport at Children's Mercy, Kansas City. Today, Dr. Flint will discuss the use of tranexamic acid in pediatric trauma. Welcome, Dr. Flint. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Dr. Flint, let's get started. What's tranexamic acid anyway? Yeah, so tranexamic acid is a medication that's commonly used for a lot of things, specifically to help with the breakdown of a clot. So it inhibits plasminogen activation and plasma activity, and it helps prevent the fibrin clot that has formed from breaking down during a blood clot formation. So does it prevent bleeding or enhance bleeding? It enhances bleeding, so it prevents that clot breakdown. Okay, so... Tell us, when would you want more bleeding rather than less? Well, so we're talking about trauma here. And in trauma, we know that hemorrhage is the most common cause of death within the first hour of trauma. Um, That's why we call that the golden hour. And coagulopathy, we know, causes 80% of trauma deaths in the operating room, as well as 50% of trauma deaths within the first 24 hours. So that's when it's important when you've got a traumatic patient who is bleeding to try to do things to stop the bleeding. Um, And that's where TXA comes into play. So does TXA then help stop bleeding? Yeah, so it is one of the uh, things that can help prevent the clot from breaking down or fibrinolysis and help the body form a, a better clot, a more formed clot during that clotting process. Ah, so it helps the body make a better clot and to keep the clot from breaking down. Okay, so it, it's supporting the clotting system rather than uh, the other way around. Okay, that makes sense. That's great. So trauma, you mentioned the golden hour. So this would be, I don't know, some sort of accident, usually like a car accident or a gunshot, something like that? Sure. Right. Okay, so is there anything special about children and the way that their blood clots that's different than adults? Well, we do know that there are some differences within the clotting cascade in children. In a traumatic injury, we know both in kids and adults, we have what's called traumatic-induced coagulopathy, and there's two forms of that. There's acute traumatic coagulopathy, and that's intrinsic to the patient. That's where you have an injury that causes activation of your clotting cascade, and you start to deplete all your internal clotting factors, and then you get hyperfibrinolysis which causes a decrease in clot formation and clot stability. And that's where TXA can come into play to help stabilize that clot. You also have iatrogenic coagulopathy, which is all the things that we do to patients after they've been injured, such as giving them too much saline, hypothermia, not getting them warm. And both of these entities contribute to a trauma-induced coagulopathy and more bleeding after traumatic injury, even for children. Is TXA something you would always use? In other words, patient on a protocol, patient rolls in the emergency room, they're bleeding and just hang the TXA regardless? Or is it something you wait and see whether the patient can kind of manage the bleeding with their own intrinsic clotting factors? 
Yeah, so what we found in CRASH-2, CRASH-2 is a study that was published back in 2013 where they gave patients who had traumatic injury TXA. And what we found was that it's actually most effective if given within the first hour of injury and up to three hours after injury. If you give it three hours after their injury, there's actually some harm that can be associated with giving TXA. So for this medication, the sooner the better. Well, clotting is kind of tricky because, well, I work with stroke, and of course, we're always trying to uh, get rid of the clot (laughs) that caused the stroke. So we give medication to dissolve the clot, and it sounds like TXA is kind of the opposite. You want the blood to clot to uh, stop the, the bleeding. Is that right? That is correct. So in in hemorrhagic shock associated with trauma, a lot of centers will activate what's called a massive transfusion protocol. So we'll give things like FFP and platelets and cryo and blood. And TXA really augments that because it really at the end of both of those clotting cascades, when you're activating your clotting system, helps that hyperfibrinolysis. So it shuts that down and and it helps that clot from breaking down and makes it more stable. Since early is better, is this something that the uh, EMS providers uh, could give in, in the ambulance when they you know, arrive at the scene of an accident? Just here they come and put in the IV and start the uh, TXA right away, or, or does the patient need a more thorough evaluation? This is absolutely a medication that we can give them by first responders, and there are many local EMS agencies who carry TXA with them. So this is a medication that absolutely can be given in an IV form. It doesn't need to be diluted. And if you have a patient who has sustained a traumatic injury, even a a pediatric patient, if they meet certain criteria and they're a candidate for the TXA, it's something that is even best and most effective if given early in the field. Now, every medication that I've ever used has a downside. So what's the downside here of TXA? Well, on the studies that we have, and higher doses in children uh, when they were studying TXA, not related to trauma, but for other things, there was perhaps an increased incidence of seizures with higher doses. Now, the doses that are recommended for children for traumatic injuries have not been associated with seizures. Um, you know, of course, we also worry that if we're uh, stabilizing a clot that perhaps you might cause more, such as DVTs or strokes or, or other forms of blood clots. But we have not seen that in the literature when we've compared a TXA to standard care. How new is TXA? It's been around for a long time. So we actually started using it in the 1980s for dental procedures for hemophiliacs. When we've used it quite a bit in the operating room for cardiac surgery in children, for spinal surgeries in children, for heavy uh, menstrual bleeding. We've used it for a long time now and have started using it in traumatic injuries in 2013 when CRASH-2 came out. Are you are there any ongoing studies now to learn more about patient selection and dosing and things like that? Yeah, so you know, of course the adult literature always comes before the pediatric literature and we have very nice data in CRASH 2 and CRASH 3 as well as the Matters 1 and Matters 2 studies for adult patients. But we don't have a lot of good prospective data for children. We have the PTAC study, which is a retrospective study that also showed an improvement in mortality with the use of TXA. The uh, pediatric TikTok study is one that is coming down the pipeline. So this is a pilot study that's that's trying to evaluate the feasibility of being able to enroll children in a randomized controlled trial using TXA for trauma. The study is closed and we are 
waiting for the paper. So I'm hopeful that will give us some more information, and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get a larger randomized controlled study for children. I'm just curious, how do you go about getting a consent when uh, time is at such a, a premium? You want to give it right away, and usually these events are uh, unplanned, I would imagine, and the parents may or may not be readily available, and you're dealing with minors. <laughs> it seems like a lot of obstacles. How, how do you do a study like that? Yeah, that is definitely one of the obstacles. So the TikTok study is going to look at that process and the feasibility of getting consent or even potentially waiving consent. It'll depend on the study design and, and what the IRB will allow. But that's part of what the TikTok study will be getting at is the feasibility of being able to enroll children in a timely manner. And of course, well, it's important to protect all of the subjects, but it's also important to uh, get the research done so that people can get the optimal uh, care. Yes, absolutely. Does the TXA kind of wash out of the system? So if a week later you need to give the patient heparin or there's some other issue, like you mentioned DVT, it's all ancient history by the time those problems come around? Yeah, so the protocols for TXA and trauma call for a bolus dose that you run over uh, 10 minutes, and then you run another eight-hour infusion. And so it's really just during the duration of that critical time period right after a traumatic injury where they're at highest risk for bleeding. And so by that eight hours, your infusion is done and then, you know, it clears from your system. And if you needed to anticoagulate someone later on down the road for that, it, it would not interfere with that. You know, if you could sort of have a seminar for first responders about TXA, what would be your uh, take-home message? So my take-home message is think about it and think about it early. If you have a patient, even a pediatric patient, who um, has suffered a traumatic injury and they meet criteria, which includes a systolic blood pressure of less than 80 if you're five years or less, if your systolic blood pressure is less than 90 and you're older than five, or if you've got if you're hypotensive or not responding to a fluid bolus, or if you have obvious bleeding, if you come upon a scene and you have obvious bleeding, they're a candidate for TXA. If they're greater than 12 or they look like an adult, give the adult dosing one gram IV over 10 minutes, followed by a gram over eight hours, and we'll continue that when you get them to the hospital. If they're less than 12, use your your estimated, how you estimate a child's weight in the field per your protocol. 15 per kilo over 10 minutes is the bolus dose. If you get that started, that is awesome. And then we would continue the infusion once they get to us at the hospital. Oh, that's fantastic. This has really been very informative, Dr. Flint. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to tell our listeners before we conclude? I think it's really important if your um, team is interested in, in coming up with a TX pro TXA protocol to get with your uh, local trauma center, your pediatric trauma center, and just make sure that you're on the same page, that everybody agrees on the dose and the criteria for administering it. Yeah, and just make sure that your trauma center is supportive and that everyone agrees on the protocol that your team is considering implementing. Well, thanks very much, Dr. Flint. This has been a very informative discussion. Thanks for joining me on Pediatrics in Practice. Thank you very much. This was a great discussion today. This has been Pediatrics in Practice with Children's Mercy Kansas City. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Children's Mercy podcasts. To learn more, visit childrensmercy.org EMS. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wilner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>